Welcome to the Church in the Peak podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, visit churchinthepeak.org or come join us at 10.30am every Sunday. Okay, Phil's going to come and speak. Come on, Phil. You can... This has certainly not been put there for Neil. Let's just pray. Father, Father, we just thank you for for Neil. We thank you for Neil. (laughs) We thank you for Phil. We pray for your word, Lord, to come. Pray that your spirit will come and uh, meet with us. And we will hear your voice, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to continue. Uh, If you're here for the first time, it's great to see you. Great to see some new faces around. And uh, we've been uh, working our way through uh, the book of Colossians. And we're now into Colossians chapter 2. It's in the New Testament. And we're on this particular verse. If you can barely see it on that. It's not as bright as I hoped it would turn out. Colossians 2 verse 9 is where we're at. Um, The reason we did the last song we've just done, Jaira, was... It's a fairly new song by Elevation Worship, and I'd been listening to that, and while I was looking at this passage, it kind of somehow married the two together in terms of um, that uh, this says that from in him, for in him the whole fullness of deity, or that of God, deity being God, uh, dwells in bodily form, dwells in Jesus. So everything of God dwelling in Jesus who came, and... Uh, therefore, in my mind, I was thinking, well, the sufficiency of God was all in Jesus for us. And so, when I heard that song, Jaira, it just stirred me, and I love it, and worshipped it many times now, and uh, it just spoke to me so clearly about this whole thing about God being our sufficiency. So my kind of title for this talk this morning is Being Fully Satisfied with all God is for us in Christ Jesus. Being fully satisfied with who God is for us in Christ. Now if you remember uh, in the Gospels, you get that moment when the disciples ask Jesus and say, show us the Father. And Jesus says, well if you've seen me, you've also seen him. You've seen the Father. You've already seen him because he's in me and I am in him. I am in him. And so everything of God we see in Jesus. Everything that God is, is in Jesus. And I guess we've been living, or we live in a time when many people are dissatisfied, aren't they? And they're trying to fill their lives, whatever it's with, whether it's sport, entertainment, whether it's even taking uh, drugs or alcohol, or uh, cheating on their spouses, mindlessly watching binge television, been doing that this lockdown, watching lots of TV series guess we all get caught into that or we're endlessly on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, whatever else, Instagram, all them other social media things that are out there and uh, everything, all these things can fail and for some people they've still despaired and feel empty and sadly taking their own lives. We can all be dissatisfied and it's probably been heightened over the last 12 months or so. That's probably, we've found, we've all probably found moments where things are difficult where things have not been as we'd like them to be. And even now, with some restrictions lifted, and we can get to do a few things, it's not quite yet the same, is it, as it was. We're not back where 
we once were. And it can feel like we're empty and it feels like we're, we're kind of overtaken by things of life. And we can try and fill things in our life so easily with other stuff. Stuff that gets in the way. But Jesus is our sufficiency. And I love this verse. Paul, when he writes to the churches, he has this habit of throwing out these one-liners. And he just threw it out there that in, in Christ dwells all of God in bodily form. And then he moves on. And you can think, whoa, hang on a minute, that's huge. That's a huge statement. It has huge implications for us. That in Jesus, the one who saved us, the one who took our sin upon the cross, the one who's died for us, the whole of the Godhead is in Jesus. That is massive. And he's kind of made a throwaway comment and moved on. And it's just caught me, and I was looking at this, and it seems to be a bit of a joke around at the moment about how much I'd like to preach and want to preach and how many preachers I've got. And in fact, I heard that Neil had said to somebody in the church recently, I think it was you, Ruth, said that uh, the elders don't give any preachers away to me anymore. They keep hold of them. I didn't know that was the case. They kept that one secret from me. But in this, I kind of looked at this passage and I thought, I could preach for the rest of the year on this one verse. Because it's full and it's rich. And it's just almost a throwaway comment of Paul's. And I do wonder if some of the other churches, I was thinking about this this week, was wonder if some of the other churches that Paul wrote to ever saw the letters that he wrote to them. So did the Colossians get to see the letters he wrote to the Ephesians? And did the Ephesians get to see the letters that he wrote to the Thessalonian Thessalonian church? I just wonder, because there's so much in each of those. And actually, in some of you look at this... And you jump into Ephesians and there's more explanation. What is a throwaway comment to the Philippians? He explains a bit more to the Ephesians. And he explains it a bit further to Galatians and also to the Corinthian church. And you kind of think, I wonder if they got hold of those letters. If they get to read them, get to hear them. What he was saying, fortunately for us, we get all of them. And we get to read it all. So we've got a better perhaps understanding than maybe they did at that time, of what actually is available to us in Jesus. That Jesus was fully God and fully human. That he is sufficient in who he is and all that he is. He has no need of anyone or anything. He doesn't need us. And he doesn't need anything. And he was there right at the beginning of creation. It says through him, in the beginning was the word. In the beginning, right at the start, there was the Word. He was with God and was God. And he was there in creation. And so when God created the world, Jesus was there. And so was the Holy Spirit. And together, the three actually created what we now know as the world and the universe. It's all created. It's sufficient in who he is. Now there throws out another one. Another thing to think about is actually the Trinity. Who understands the Trinity? Who's got that straight in their head and can fully understand? Father, Son, Holy Spirit, all one. Well, I'm going to set you a little bit of homework. When I send out my notes, I'm going to send you a link to a great uh, um, explanation by John Piper on desiringgod.org. It's just great how he just makes it so easy for us and accessible for us to understand 
uh, something of the Trinity. So you've never even thought about it. You've never even asked that question. You've never even kind of considered those things. I want to encourage you to use that link and just have a look and, and uh, take on board what John Piper says in there. He's a great Bible teacher and he's just brilliant how he just brings that alive for you. So a bit of homework for you this week. And uh, it'll be in the notes when I send them out. But God's fullness, all in three persons. Now the other thing is, right at the beginning of creation... No, if you thought about this one, it says that they said to each other, God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, let us create man in our own image. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, one, and we were created in the same image. Ever thought about that one? That's a challenge to get your head around as well. That we are created to be like God in that sense of we were in his image. And God is sufficient who he is for us. The fullness of God made known to us. These are huge topics just out of this one line that just jumped out at me that we could so easily look at. The other things I look at, so... um, What will truly satisfy our hearts? What is it for you? What do you find satisfaction in? Is it your family? Is it your friends? Is it your career? Is it having money? Is it something else? What is it that satisfies you? Is it doing what, you know, your thing, your, your fun thing, whether it's sport, whether you're good at sport or not? I'm useless at sport. I can't do any sport. It's just one of those things that I just don't do. I was talking with somebody just the other week and just saying that, actually, I, f- I find it hard sometimes to connect with guys and uh, find common ground chatting with guys because most guys are into sport and I'm just not. I'm just rubbish at sport. I just could never do sport. The only thing I found that I was any good at was swimming. So I went and swam. That's the only thing I'd do. At school, we had this, in our, kind of when I did school all those years ago, barely remember it these days, uh, but uh, we got a choice when we got into our final year at school, we could do whatever sport we wanted. And so I thought, I'll try sailing. Sailing was off it, I'll try sailing. So we went sailing, first time, first day, capsized, ended up having to swim back to the shore. And I thought, well, I enjoy swimming, I might as well just go swimming. If sailing's like this, I'm going swimming. So I did, I just went swimming. And it was great, because my Friday was all day swimming. It was brilliant. I went down first thing in the morning, I was there all day. What was even better was that I used to stay down there in the evening because we had the church I was at at the time, we had a youth group on a Friday night. My friends from the church youth group used to come down, join me in the pool, we'd swim for a bit, grab some chips, go to youth group. It was great, it was a brilliant day. It was the best day of the week was Friday for me. Just loved it, all day in the pool. Anyway, that's by the by. What does it mean for us? than to be complete in Christ. If Christ is fully sufficient and God is everything for us in Christ, what does it then mean for us to be complete in him? Jesus paid the price for our sin. And it says this in John 1, 1 1-4. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created and this and his life brought light to everyone. 
See, it's Jesus. And Neil was very good last time he preached about going back to the end of Colossians 1 where it says that you are Christ in you. I'm remembering that Christ is in us. Now, if everything of God dwells in Christ and Christ in us, then surely we've got more of God in us than we think we've got, perhaps. God wants to fill our whole life, our whole world. He's sufficient in every way. And Christ in us and us in Christ, because Ephesians goes on to say we are in Christ Jesus. And if we're in Christ Jesus, then we're called and we're chosen, we're loved, we're accepted. We've got everything we need, actually, according to what Paul says to the Ephesian church, is that actually in him, in Christ, we have everything we need for life and godliness. Everything we need. Because it's already in Christ. Now, I don't know how you, if you have thought about the Trinity, I don't know how you view that. Do you kind of view it as some hierarchy? Maybe you're looking at that triangle. So at the top would be God the Father. At the sides, maybe to the right, because it says it's his right hand of the Father, is Jesus. And then to the left-hand side of the triangle, bottom, our Holy Spirit. Is that how you see it? Kind of some sort of hierarchy? I don't, know, I don't think that's true. I think they're all equal. They're all equal as one with different uh, personality and different function that they do, different things that they did, but actually they're all one. It's one God, and we can so easily get into human thinking of some sort of hierarchy, some sort of structure, because that's what we know, that's what we understand from business world of a structure, but actually they are one, all equal but different. And going back to Colossians 1 verse 19, for God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. You see, Jesus has become for us our example of what it is to live in a human body and yet live a life worthy, a life that reflects God, a life that gives glory and honour to him, a life that we can live out where God is sufficient in every way, both for us and for others. You see, the people are looking for some truth and reality. People are looking for some hope and some future. And Jesus promises both those things. I'll give you a hope and a future. And he came to demonstrate what that looked like. He came to demonstrate for us what it's like to live in a world and yet know and live in God and know that life, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. If we were filled with the Holy Spirit in the same way as Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit, just think what we could be doing. If we were walking as close to him and the Father as Jesus walked as close to the Father, just think what it would be like. You know, I want to walk closer with Jesus, don't you? Now this series is about us actually being true disciples, what it's like to live as a true disciple of Jesus. That's why we're doing this series through Colossians to help us to actually live like that. And Jesus was our prime example of what a disciple looks like. He lived close to his Father. He lived a life full of the Holy Spirit. He knew what the Father was thinking and he did what the Father was doing. He said, I only do what I see my Father doing. How often do we do our own thing and not do what God's doing? 
How often do we think things through ourselves and make our own decisions and we don't even talk to God about it? We just decide, well, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it this way. And actually, sometimes, now we can take that ridiculously and there was a time in church life some years ago, many years ago now, thankfully, where people were doing, praying ridiculous prayers about whether they should buy a new pan or not and what sort of pan that should be. You know, we, you don't have to, let's not get silly about these things, but actually there are things that, we need to know the heart of God on. We need to know the mind of Christ. We need to live in that place of doing what he's doing. Living how he would live. And we all fail at that at some point. And we all do let God down in some way. Or we feel that. But that song is great. That Actually, we're not holding him up anyway. Actually, God is not disappointed in us in any way. He loves us lavishly. And is sufficient for us. And if the fullness of God can dwell in Christ, and Christ dwells in us, then we have access to great potential. And it's not just our potential. God's given us an amount of potential in us, and each one of us is a measure of potential of what we can do. What, uh, but actually, in God, there's a limitless potential with God. That things that we can do, things that we would never think we would ever do. I remember the first time I ever preached I was on my feet for less than five minutes. I hated it. It was awful. You'd have been you're pleased you weren't there. It was terrible. And I sat down and I said, I'm never doing that again. Ever. Not ever ask me to do that again. I'm never doing it. You'd soon learn never to say never to God. Because he uh, picks you up on that every time. And here I am, I love preaching. You might not love my preaching, but I love preaching. And I said to my group on uh, Tuesday night uh, that uh, I was, um, I said, I'm preaching on Sunday, pray for yourselves. <clears throat> we can see God maybe, Jesus is just maybe one third of the Trinity, one third of the Godhead. So actually he is lacking something in a sense. If he's only a third, we only get a portion of what the Godhead is like. And we can view it that way too. But actually no, God in his fullness was pleased to dwell in Jesus. Jesus came full of what? Truth and full of grace. And he wants us to be a people who are full of truth and full of grace. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. And that beautiful picture of when Jesus was baptised in water and the heavens opened and the Spirit descended on Jesus and he was filled with the Holy Spirit and his Father from heaven spoke and said, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Have you ever heard the well pleased of God over your life? You see, we don't have to do anything to impress him. He loves us anyway. He loved us before the foundation of the world. He chose us to be in Christ Jesus before the foundation of the world. Whether you wanted to follow Jesus or not, whether there was a time when you totally rejected him, actually he knew, because in his foreknowledge, he knew who you were. And maybe he's pursuing you. Maybe God's been pursuing you for a while. I once met a lady on the street and one of the things I felt God say about her was, God's been pursuing you 
over about a year now, God's pursuing you. And she said, yes. He says, every corner I turn, I seem to bump into a Christian, and it's really annoying. And I said, well, there's one way to put a stop to that, just give your life to Jesus. Then you don't have to worry about that anymore. And she did, which was great. See, God wants us to be fully satisfied in him. The Bible is full of glorious promise about being fully satisfied, about God being our provider, God being our sufficiency in everything. And I haven't got time to put all these scriptures up because time's just about gone. But Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. John 6, verse 35 He's sufficient. He's the bread of life. If you're hungry, if you're thirsty, that's both sometimes physically and it's spiritually, come to him. He's the bread of life. He'll satisfy. So this Psalm 107 verse 9, for he satisfies the longing soul and the hungry soul he fills with good things. In Psalm 22 verse 26, the afflicted shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him shall praise the Lord. May your hearts live forever. In Psalm 16, verse 11, in your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. That's just a few scriptures just taken out of the Bible of just promise of actually God is sufficient and will provide for our every need. He'll provide for our souls. He'll provide for our physical need. He provides where we're hurting, where we've been in pain, He'll provide and meet for us. Where we've lacked peace, he'll come and give us peace. Where we're in fear, he'll take, change our fear for faith. And if you're living in fear, and it's been a fearful time for many, Christians and non-Christians have lived in fear over this last year of this virus. But actually, it's in his presence. We sing a song that says, in his presence all our fears are washed away. Are you living in the good of his presence where your fear is being washed away? Or are you living in fear of, the, of a disease? I remember I worked with a guy and he was terrified of getting cancer. He just lived with a fear of getting cancer and he just ruled and dominated his whole life because his family had been in his family and he just lived with that fear. And I remember just praying with him one day and just saying, look, you don't have to live with that. You don't have to live in that place and pray with him. And, and he said, I, I never felt peace like that. I've never known peace like that. And I don't know, I don't know how long that, that peace lasted for him. But he was such fear and people live in such fear and yet God wants to give us peace. And if you lack peace, Jesus will give you peace. If you're living in fear, God wants to take your fear away. God wants to release you from fear. You don't have to live in fear. But we need to be come to him and find release. <clears throat> John Piper says this. I love John Piper on this stuff. It's just great. And, uh, and uh, he talks about our good and his glory. Seeking satisfaction in Christ alone serves two purposes, he says. For it is for our good and for the glory of God. God is most, satisfied, uh, most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. It's a John Piper quote. God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. There are benefits we reap as we know, love and delight ourselves in Jesus. When we come to him, when we follow him and we 
give ourselves and we give ourselves to following Jesus and to loving him and to being in fellowship with him and to spending time with him, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied with him. Are you satisfied with Jesus? Is he enough for you? Is he enough for your situation? Can you believe him for your situation, your circumstance, for your life? Can you trust him? Can you believe him? God the Father gives us peace that passes human understanding. He provides for all our needs according to his riches in glory. He lacks nothing. He lacks absolutely nothing. His riches in glory are sufficient for everything we need. No good thing, it says, will he withhold from us. He makes all things work together for our good. Isn't that good news? Isn't that good news that God is sufficient in Christ? Jesus, our example. Jesus is our example. If you want to know what the Father looks like, look at Jesus. Just look to Jesus. Read the Gospels. See who Jesus is. If you want to live a life like that that Jesus lived, then let's trust him because he's got everything we need for life and godliness. And this has not even begun to take off any layers of what Paul's throwaway comment for in him the whole fullness of God, of deity, God dwells in bodily form. Doesn't he begin to take the layers off that and unpack what that really means for us? It's almost an introduction. So maybe, maybe I'll have to talk to the elders and say, look, there's more here. There's more here to unpack in this. There's more to dig into in this passage because it goes on from there as well. And I haven't got time to even go there this morning because we need to finish. But he provides for all we need in him, in him, in Jesus. And in Jesus alone is everything we need. Let's stand together, shall we? If you're in the uh, overflow room down the end there, I want to encourage you to stand. If you're at home, I want to encourage you just to stand right now We're going to do that song again. We're going to finish with that song, Jireh. Jehovah, Jireh, God, our provider. And there's numerous names of God, as David said. Jehovah Shalom, God, our peace. Jehovah Rapha, God, our healer. There's many names of God we can come to. This is just one. But God is sufficient for us. So let's just come to him, shall we? I, want to, I just want to encourage you. What do you need right now? And maybe you don't yet know Jesus. Maybe you're uh, just inquiring and God wants to show you how good you are. Name one thing to him. Just mention one thing to God that actually might just convince you that he loves you, that he cares for you, that God is sufficient even in your situation. God's a, a God answering pr- answers prayers and he's interested in every one of us and he's interested in you right now. What do you need from him this morning? What do you need to him provide for you? And we're just going to take a moment. I want to encourage you right now. Just take a moment. And then we're going to pray. You don't have to say it out loud. You say it in your heart. Say it in your mind. God knows. God can hear those things. He knows the hearts of men and women. He knows what they think before we've even thought it. Sometimes it's good to speak it out. And I want to encourage you to go away from here and do that. Thank you, God.
Thank you, God. Father God, we want to thank you for who you are. We want to thank you for Jesus. We want to thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you for our God, three in one. We thank you for who you are. We thank you that you are sufficient in every way. You have no need of anyone or anything, but you are enough. And God, I pray for us right now. Lord, you know the things that we, we, we're just asking for. You know the things where we're lacking, Lord. You know the things where we need you to step into our life situation, our circumstance, even into our hearts. And Lord, I just want to pray for people. I just want to ask you now, I just want to put your hand on your heart. It's somewhere kind of middle of your chest there. Just put your hand on your heart. Lord, I pray right now. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, would you come now? Would you take from what I've spoken this morning and would you plant and would you write on our hearts your word for us? Individually, you know what you want to say to each individual person this morning. And so, Holy Spirit, I ask you right now, would you speak that right onto their hearts? Would you write it upon their hearts that they will not forget? They will not walk away from here today and forget what you've spoken to them. Lord, I pray, God, would you come? And Lord, would you write it right now? We thank you, Lord. You've promised to write your word on our hearts. So, Lord, I pray would you do it right now in this place. Lord, I want to pray for anyone who this morning has got a broken heart. Just feel that. In Isaiah, it says he, and Jesus repeated this, and he stood up in the and said, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me, for he's anointed me to preach good news to the poor and to bind up the brokenhearted. And I just sense there's somebody who's got a broken heart. And God wants to heal your heart this morning. God wants to start a work and healing of your broken heart. It's painful and you don't want to go there. But he does. He's a master surgeon who wants to do heart surgery to mend your heart. To heal your broken heart. To the hurt and the pain that you felt and you feel. He wants to come and he wants to take that away. He wants to carry that for you. And he wants to heal you. So come, Holy Spirit, I pray now for that. Anyone who's got a broken heart this morning, God, I pray, would you come and heal their heart? Would you begin that work right now, Holy Spirit? Would you come to them? Lord, and would you bind up that broken heart? Would you cause it to be healed, I pray in Jesus' name? Would you come right now? Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Do your work. Do your work, we pray. Come, Holy Spirit. And... I just feel this thing keeps coming back to me about fear. It really does. And I know, I know there's people you've been living in fear. And I want to encourage you to come to God with your fear. Don't carry it on your own. Don't carry your fear. Don't live in the place of fear. Don't live in that place. It's not, it's not God's best for you. It's not what he wants for you. He doesn't want you to live in that place of fear. He wants you to be free from fear now, that's not that we go, then go silly and we do stupid things, but actually we're wise, and, uh, but when we're in God and we have our fear taken away, it gives us freedom. He wants you to live in a place of freedom and not fear. And I just want to say to you this morning, if you've been living in fear, even over this uh, virus, I want, to, I want to pray for you right now. If that's you, I just want to ask you to just put out your hands before God. This is a way of acknowledging to him you, you, you've been fearful and you want to be free of that fear. It's not to me, I've got my eyes shut, I can't see anything. I prefer to do this kind of thing this way because I don't know, know who's responding. So I don't get disappointed then. But you just, I just encourage you. I just want to encourage you. Just put your hands out right now. Holy Spirit, I pray for anyone 
either on in this room, in the room, room down the end, on the live stream at home, Lord, I want to pray from now. If they're living in fear and they're willing now to open their hands and give that fear to you right now, I pray, God, come Holy Spirit, lift that fear off them right now, I pray. Come, take that fear right now in Jesus' name. I pray for fear-free living from this moment on. Lord, I pray you'll give them fresh hope and fresh faith. Lord, I pray you'll bring peace into where there's been that place of fear right now. Holy Spirit, come, I ask and release them from that fear. Break the bounds of fear, I pray. Break those chains off right now, I pray in Jesus' name. Be broken right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I've also, I've got a, a, a picture uh, that um, somebody has, uh, they feel like their, their whole life has been uh, excavated. I don't know if you ever see those great big JCBs with the great big digger. And it's like they, they use them for making massive uh, foundations. And you feel like you have been attacked by that, that big digger, that there's a huge hole that has been dug in your life. And it's very painful. It is, completely changes the landscape of your life. And God is saying that he will come and he will put new foundations into your life. You may ask why, 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 why? And it is, the answer is that he will not necessarily give you that answer, but he will give you a completely new perspective. He will give you a new foundations. He will give you where there was somewhat chaos and uh, things that needed to be broken in the past, they will be cleared away and there will be a new foundation for your life. So if that is you, just say, Lord, come and help me. It has been so painful. He will come and comfort you where there is such pain. But he will build around that and you will get through this. There will be a purpose and a destiny for your life that you did not imagine and you could never imagine. But look to him at all times. Catherine. Yeah, um, this morning I was up early and um, I went downstairs and was washing up bits that were left from yesterday. We had trays that were covered in stuff from cooking, barbecue stuff. And um, I had a talk on while I was washing up and I was just at the sink and I was listening to this preach. And um, the preacher just happened to say, um, God is with you at the washing up bowl. And I was just like blown up, just sideways because I was just going about my morning, early morning, washing up. Um, and I just suddenly felt impacted by the Holy Spirit. Just he he's with us in the everyday in the mundane but I just have felt so powerfully all morning God saying I see you I see you where you are and I love you and I'm for you and I'm with you and just that intimate intimate closeness of God that um 
I wasn't on my knees praying, seeking God. I was washing up and he just came close alongside. I'm with you. I see you. I'm for you. And I love you.